Hi, this is Erin Morley, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Monday, August 30th. Uh, this is the CVH Podcast, episode 92, I think. Um, getting up there. I, I think I say that every week. But uh, it is getting up there, and I'm still here. I still like it. It's funny how the ego of a singer never <laughs> never seems to know a bound. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, I oddly like to count things. I remember, um, I don't know where that comes from, but I, I think it might come from my dad. Uh, I remember one time we were sitting at the table when I was a kid, and my brother or sister asked, how many, how many stairs are on the staircase in the house? And my father, you know, without skipping a beat, goes, 16. And um, I just thought, how do you know that? You know, you know that so easy. You're guessing? He's like, oh, no, I count them. I go, every time? He goes, well, not every time, but almost. You know, he's <laughs> just sort of aware of the number of steps uh, in a place. And I think, I think I'm a bit like that, too. I seem to, I seem to have this need to um, count things, not, not in an obsessive, compulsive way, like, you know, it has to be even or odd or whatever. It's, it's just more like um, for information, I need to know, I need to know how many steps there are here, <laughs> but I count a lot of things, I I count uh, how many times I've sung a role, I count how many times I've been to a city, I, I, I can recall these things pretty quickly, I know that I've been to 17 different Major League Baseball parks, you know, it's like one of those funny, funny things, I just need to, to keep count, what is that, what is that in a human, that they need to like, keep track of something like that? Uh, that video I was uh, talking about, the one where Sandra and I were running our mouths for 40 minutes when only when they only needed 10, uh, a, a bit of that came out. Uh, Sandra and I talking about David McVicker and the production, and and um, I'm just quickly reminded how lucky I am to have worked with uh, Sandra Radwanowski as many times as I have. Uh, this is um th- this is just a rare rare talent. Uh, and we've done stuff everywhere, all over the world. We've been in, um, I mean, you know, anybody who listens here knows we, we were in San Francisco and, and, uh, New York and Chicago and Paris and Malta. And, you know, we, we, we keep, um, we keep crossing paths and, and, and there's something about having this level of talent, uh, in the room and what it does, because it could so easily turn into, you know, Sandra and the backup singers, uh, you know, that's, that's when you're, when you're dealing with the queen or the diva and, and, um, and we call her the queen because she really is, she's the queen. And, and when you're, when you're around somebody like that, it it could be easy to fall in the background, uh, and, and let her, and let her, uh, stand in the footlights. It, It would be very easy to do that, but she's not that kind of artist, uh, which is incredible on her part, the, the, the generous side, uh, uh, what she ends up doing is elevating the game of everyone in the room. And that's exactly what we were talking about in this video because uh, David McVicker does the same thing. He elevates, he ups the game. And that's, I feel like we've found the perfect combination in director and artist in that the two of these people are aiming for something so high that everybody else around them is is brought up to that level. You you feel like you have to be right up there with them. 
and it's creating this this atmosphere uh, that that's incredibly rare. I I can't so often, and it's awful, but it's it's very true that if you have some um, different level of fame, different level of famous artist in the room, like somebody who's just in that in that top top one percent. It can often become about them, uh, which is which is fine. Which is fine. You know, we need our superstars too. And and um, uh, you know, I'm I'm talking about ten people here, uh, or eight even. You know, uh, it's not it's not that many. But so if it's one of those eight or ten, it's often them in the backup show, and and which is f- totally fine. I have no problem with that. The audience seems to enjoy that too. It's not it's not um, it's not a negative thing, but. When you can have somebody of that caliber, and she is obviously that caliber, when you can have somebody like that who's also a generous artist to her colleagues, it elevates the entire show, and you get something completely different. You don't get, we're here to see so-and-so, and and, oh yeah, we're doing Macbeth, and oh yeah, it's Lyric Opera Chicago. It's It's not like that. It's the whole thing is brought up to that level, in my opinion. And um, it's amazing. I'm I'm thrilled every time I see her on the cast list. I'm excited to see her. I'm excited to see what she's going to do with it. And this is new for her. And I haven't experienced that. I I, well, I don't think I was in her first Norma. That might have been her first Norma. I don't remember. But this is her first Lady Macbeth, and this is a you know this is a big deal. This is a big one. And and so I'm I feel like I'm watching. Um, her process, where normally you just, you know, in, in the past I've seen her finished process uh, or something she's been doing for years or something she's known and and um, and has owned for a long time. But with this, um, it's a, it's, I'm watching the process of what she does. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's inspiring, frankly. It's really inspiring because she's not afraid to show the process, uh, when we're young, we show up on day one ready for performance. We really do because I mean that's what your that's what the contract says. It says you'll show up ready on day one, memorized, ready to ready to do it, uh, which is which is um, a lofty goal. You know, you you generally need to work things in and figure things out and and understand the pace of a show. You, you're not like ready on day one to put it in front of people, but you should be ready to go through it. And um, that's how you work when you're a kid. When you're a young singer, you show up and, and you could easily do the performance right now. Um, that's just your paranoia and your level of preparation and the way you were trained and, and um, you know, how, how you understood you needed to be so that nobody had any concerns about you. That was my, that was my approach anyway. But here I'm watching the process. Uh, it, this was not show ready on day one. She's, she's figuring it out and she's figuring it out uh, fearlessly with people in the room. Uh, and it's, it's remarkable. It makes her in my head, she, it makes her, uh, more of a great artist because I'm watching how she decides. I'm watching the decisions. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Whereas if it was something she'd been doing for 10 years, that would all be fairly set. Um, and so here I'm, I'm watching, I keep saying the word process, but that's what it is. I'm, I'm watching where she's going to breathe, what she can do physically here and what, what she can't do physically here. And, and um, 
uh, it's it's freeing in a way and inspiring in a way because I, I, I have been the kind of singer that I would be horrified to not be almost perfect on day one. Really, it's, it, it's a terrible paranoia of mine. I show up, I sit down, I'm show ready. And this, the idea that you, that you would use the rehearsal period to continue your um, performance process uh, is freeing in a way. It, it allows for a lot more creativity. It, it allows for more input uh, from, the, from the people around us. And, and we're surrounded by um, an incredible team. And that's not always the case. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and, and oftentimes people are contradicting each other and they don't know it. And, and so, um, it's hard to always know who to please or who to trust. But, um, when it's, when you're surrounded by a team like we are in this gig, and this is one of the, one of the greats, I'm absolutely certain of it. It's right up there with, with, uh, Billy Budd in San Francisco. When we're surrounded by a team like this, um, the, the, the creative, process can continue the whole way through uh and i don't mean just just the 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 direction of the character which always that process always happens in the moment but i'm talking about the vocal process the vocal process where where you can include the maestro and the director and the fight director and the choir and the set and the costume and all those things are being considered simultaneously i think it makes for a much more cohesive final product. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, that's, that's my guess. And, uh, you know, not for one second am I going to show up anything less than uh, 100% prepared, but I'm, I'm going to be open to the process a bit more, I think. And I really have to give that to Sandra, being around her, especially in this, in this project where this is very new for her. And, and um, uh, to watch a professional of that caliber um, go through each step and make choices and and discover things is really inspiring. <laughs> That's what I want to talk about right now. <laughs> uh, I had tickets to see Greta Van Fleet. Does anybody know Greta Van Fleet? Uh, I think you'll know my musical taste when you know who Greta Van Fleet is. But I, I had two tickets to go see them on Friday. Uh, here in Chicago, and now I've learned that I'm going to be working till nine that night, and uh, I got to get rid of them. So they're back up on StubHub, so StubHub can make money on me twice, <laughs> and I can recoup uh, some of my losses. Uh, it's a bummer. I've, I've, uh, I think this is my fourth time trying to see a a rock concert in Chicago and got foiled for one reason or another. I don't, I don't know why I don't learn. I just need to learn. But the best thing to do is just wait to the very last minute. People wonder why we're losing subscribers in opera. And we're losing subscribers because people are just doing too much. There's too much going on. There's too many options. Uh, and, and people have learned, and I think I'm learning right now, that you need to, you need to just wait to the very last second to make a decision on something. Because I bought these tickets months ago when they went up, and I was so excited to, to, to go see live music again. And, and it's an outdoor venue, and it's like old school, you know, like 70s type rock. Anybody who listens to my podcast knows that my intros and outros often fall within the same realm. And if it's not like 70s classic rock or modern indie rock, it's, it's, it's um, you know, it's, that's pretty much where I land on my, 
on my non-classical music tastes. And uh, I was just, I mean, I'm sure I was going to be the old guy at the concert, no doubt. I remember I went to a lot of concerts as a kid. Growing up on Long Island, we had a great uh, outdoor amphitheater called Jones Beach Amphitheater. I don't know if they call it something else now, but um, it was a small place. I think it was, you know, barely 5,000 people could, could fit there. And they've expanded it since to double that. But when we were young, there was no bad seat. And we went to everything. Anybody who came through town, we went to go see. And I remember uh, the old guys. <laughs> the old guys hanging on to their youth. And I think we probably, I, I, you know, we didn't judge, but we certainly didn't party with them. Um, or maybe we did a little bit. Uh, somebody might have passed me something funny. He might have been older. Um, uh, I remember we went to a, an Aerosmith concert in... Uh, mid early 90s you know like 93 or 94 and uh went to an Aerosmith concert and it was so great so great that that outdoor summer concert with a with a like a real rock band like just like they just look it they're living that life they're that it's it's a it's theater it's like a big show nobody really wants to dress like that all the time (laughs) Nobody really wants to deal with all that hair, but but uh, they were living it for us, and uh, and 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 that sort of outdoor summer atmosphere is exactly what I was looking for with this with this uh, Greta concert. And alas, I'll be in rehearsal till nine o'clock, so no chance to get down there in time before the before the the guys show up. Uh, it's too bad. We'll find something else. I think I just need to learn to wait. Just wait. Do it last minute. The, you, you know the subscription model is is dying quickly, and I and I think this is it. And so we just need to uh, roll with the changes, change with the times, whatever. Uh, that's that's going to be the way of it. I don't I don't know why I <laughs> I needed to plan something two months out. I should have known it would have gotten fucked up. Uh, weird to see terrible hurricane stuff down in down on the Gulf again. Uh, I was in Chicago when Katrina hit, uh, like 15, 16 years ago, whatever it must have been. Jeez. And you just see that. They show those satellite images, and they make it red, you know, and they see you see the size of the storm. The storm is like as third, you know, it's, like a, it's as wide as a third of the United States, and it's just coming into the Gulf straight in. You're like, why does anybody live down here? I used to think that my my um my uncle lived on the beach in North Carolina for a long time, right on the beach. Beautiful house, but you know it was like it had it had uh, basically had stilts, uh, you know, for for uh, when the water would would flood a bit, and and it seemed like every year he would have to abandon his house and go sleep in a high school gymnasium for a couple nights. I mean, they just had to. They had to evacuate the coast, and I and and eventually he got tired of it too, and and moved inlet. Uh, uh, you know, and I don't think he ever suffered any terrible damage to his home. And you got to have crazy insurance when you live in a place like that. Uh, and I think he just got tired of that that aspect of it. But um, I ne- I I just thought, boy, the first time that happens, I think I sell my house. And and to think about people still living in New Orleans that's effectively underwater. Or how did how did we ever? How did we land in a place that's literally below sea level? It's, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know New Orleans. I've never been there, but, but people are 
fiercely loyal and love it and and wild for it and i and i completely understand and get that uh this sort of like um historical place the it, it's just one of these wonderfully unique cities that we have in the in the united states like i i get the idea that you want to be there but it's literally below sea level and right on the gulf and uh boy these storms really make things tough and there's a lot of poor people down there too and they can't evacuate everybody just says get out of there get out of there well um, you know there's lots of people in america who don't have money for a hotel tonight uh or don't have a car reliable enough to get them a uh, hundred miles north, uh, or don't have family to go to, or 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 are too old to make a trip like this. We we've we've got you know there's there's plenty of um, people in rough shape down there that can't just evacuate on a whim. Uh, forget about hopping on a plane or something. They can't even drive out of there. Uh, that's just the reality of it. But I think I read somewhere. I think uh, George Washington said, "Don't live here." <laughs> I really think that's true. I have to go look it up. Somebody look it up and tell me. I'm pretty sure George Washington said, okay, whatever you do, <laughs> don't get involved in foreign affairs and don't live in Louisiana. <laughs> don't live in New Orleans. <laughs> I think those were his parting words to the United States as he left. <laughs> I, somebody said that. It could be total bullshit. That could be internet bullshit right there. It's probably internet bullshit. But it's it's hard to look at that uh, news stuff again, and it just seems like there's so much going on. We every time somebody says the word variant, I, I want to choke myself. Uh, variant, this variant, this variant. You know, like uh, this is just going to go on forever, right? It's just going to go on forever. There's always going to be a variant. People got to get their shots. That's all there is to it. I I, I need to turn the news off. It's too much. Between all the Afghanistan stuff, which which um, which is hard to look at, and hurricane, and people still talking about elections, and fucking Delta variants and all this stuff, I'm just like, I can't look at it. I can't look at it. Because when I look out my window, it's a beautiful day. And when I walk down the street, people are happy. And and when I go to work, we... we do what we're supposed to do. And um, I don't know. I, I don't want to put my head in the sand. I don't want to just pretend that stuff's not there. But I, it, we're inundated with bad news. And it's not healthy. It's not good. Good stuff needs to go in too. It can't be all negative stuff. It can't be all bad stuff. Eventually you'll be bad too. I want to shut it down. That's why I shut down my Facebook. And I think I just need to shut down the news. I, I, I always say I'm going to do it. And then I do it. And then I kind of creep back in. Creep back in slowly. Let me see a headline. Oh, what, what's going on there? What did that say? Okay, let me read about that. And that just opens up Pandora's box all over again. And I'm reading and feeling bad. And ugh, the news is just, it's poison. It's poison. There's nothing in the news that isn't bias. And nobody's, nobody's telling you about good things. It's all negative stuff because that's what sells, right? Car wrecks sell. It's, um, it's a poison in our lives like like um, opiates. It's just, it's not good for people. That's what it is. It's an opiate. It's an opiate and we're addicted and it's killing us. I'm going to shut that shit off. That's enough out of me. I love you for listening. Monday, August 30th from Chicago. Uh, I'm going to go look at my Giovanni score and not look at the news anymore. Everybody have a great week. 
And uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Okay, bye.